Hey everybody, this is your host, Matt Castellini, and welcome to Chicago Capital. We have a great episode lined up today, but before that, a word from our sponsors, World Business Chicago. In 2021 alone, local founders have raised more than $5 billion in VC dollars, making Chicago a national destination for founders, investors, and innovators. As the city of Chicago's economic development organization, World Business Chicago drives growth and opportunity for our local tech economy and innovation ecosystem through its flagship programs such as the Chicago Venture Summit, Startup Chicago, Think Chicago, and Venture Engine. Learn more via worldbusinesschicago.com. Ben Johnson, thank you so much for hopping on Chicago Capital. Uh, this is a special episode for me because not only am I a you know big fan of the company and the journey you guys are on, I am actually a paying customer now officially. Uh, just signed up for my first uh, apart or hotel style cleaning of my apartment, and I could not be more excited. All right, what what service did you book? Uh, I booked the uh, the sir. It's like the deep clean one. All right, it's very yeah. exciting. Yeah, we're we're just going full steam ahead at this. You know, I'm diving in the deep end with the service, so I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah, I I get my clothes folded um, every Monday, and then do like an every other week cleaning. So, all right, we're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna have a lot to deep dive in here about the services offered by Spruce yeah. because, in some sense, it's a little bit too good to be true. I literally love all the things that you guys offer, and I think it's gonna make a lot of listeners' lives. A hell of a lot easier if they do sign up for the platform and start using it. So I usually don't do free ads on this show, but I'm a huge fan. So this <laughs> might get a, I'm very passionate. Um, I'd love if we could start though with your background, kind of your path to entrepreneurship and your path to starting Spruce. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it, I've kind of always had the entrepreneurial bug back to when I was a little kid. I mean, you know, starting a lawn mowing business, going door to door, uh, but it got kind of big, you know, I had like two neighborhood kids that, uh, that, that worked with me and we mowed like 30 lawns in San Antonio, Texas. Um, and it was, you know, that was my first foray into entrepreneurship, but, um, and I, I guess I didn't really pick it up again until a little bit later, right? Like, so, so my background, I, uh, went to the university of Texas, graduated as a finance major, started my career in oil and gas banking in Houston, Texas. And, you know, it's a great place to start. I, uh, it, was a, it was a boom time in the energy sector. And, um, and it was a great place to just come out of school and see a bunch of deal flow and learn, a lot of, learn about a lot of different corporate structures. Uh, and so yeah, it's just a great place to start. But after a few years of that, um, I, ha I had the bug to do something new again and went to the University of Chicago to get my MBA. And that's where kind of the, the door was blown open on innovative types of businesses that were being created uh, and really looking at new sectors. Um, so to, to kind of jump into the origin story for Spruce, um, it was a confluence of things that, le that led me to that. But I do have to say, I was looking at, at different sectors and different business models. Um, so there was a class I took at Booth. It was taught by Professor Goolsby uh, about platforms and marketplaces. 
And, uh, and that got me just fixated on two-sided marketplaces. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Um, I, I thought they were super interesting. But I was also really interested in, in the multifamily sector. And around the same time, I had a close family friend who uh, had, that, you know, was traditionally an apartment developer in the state of Texas. And they were in the process of getting rid of their third-party property management company and bringing it all in-house. And I was looking at the tech tools that they were layering in. And to me, it, it just seemed like the whole industry was ripe for disruption. Um, and so how did I pair these two things together? I mean, it, it actually came back to a really personal experience from four years prior to that. And I was, I was a young banker. I was living in Houston, uh, living in a 300-unit you know, mid-rise, no, nothing too fancy, just you know, normal mid-rise apartment building. And I had a puppy. I needed a dog walker because I worked all the time. And I noticed that there were 15 different dog walkers that came to my building every single day. And to me, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, like, it's highly inefficient. They're all driving here. They're all parking, et cetera. They're walking into the leasing office. And, uh, and they want to charge me double whenever I book a last minute visit. And I was terrible about this. So I was booking last minute visits all the time. Um, so my idea was I was going to go to the dog park and get everyone together and we were all going to pick the same dog walker. And uh, it would be great because then we could just pool and combine our purchasing power to broker a better deal for ourselves. We could pick the, the, the same, like we could pick the best one, right? And then we could negotiate out these last minute, uh, last minute booking fees. Um, but that failed. No one would listen to me. Um, you know, everyone wanted to stick with their own dog walker. But fast forward a couple of years, we, we caught a trend and multifamily uh, that was really exciting. And it was the industry was starting to think about how, you know, how do we think about an apartment community as more than just, you know, four walls and, and some appliances, right? Like how do we bring an improved experience to our residents? And, and Spruce was delivering on that trend, right? Like figuring out how to deliver housekeeping and dog walking and laundry services more efficiently and more affordably using this, this density as a premise, right? And you know, I'll, I'll say one more thing before I you know, ramble too much here, but you know, the example I use right now at Spruce is, is the day of a single housekeeper, right? So a housekeeper that drives between cleanings can do two, maybe three cleanings in a day. But if you can keep them in the same building all day long, they can literally do six cleanings in a day. So you're doubling, sometimes even tripling the economic value created from a single worker. And that's what Spruce does. That's, that is the premise of our business. Yeah, it's like uh, it's finding ways to aggregate that demand in a in a hyper local uh, a way, so it you know creates a more efficient, I guess, workday for people on the other side of those services. And I guess you know to that. And I'd love it if you could walk listeners through the customer journey, uh, you know, the resident journey. I guess we could start on that side of the marketplace, and then maybe we could move to the to the services side. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you know, the whole world of of rental has evolved significantly. You know, twenty years ago, apartment renters were pr predominantly they were they were in, in an apartment until they bought their first home. And that has changed somewhat. You know, it's still it's still for some people a stepping stone, but there are, there's this whole generation of lifelong renters, um, and it, it 
like you read a lot about affordability and you know and and how affordable homes are but that's not the only reason people are renting i mean some people have just decided that they want to own less and they want to be able to move around more not have not be so tied to a certain geography and so but the thing is when you're in an apartment typically you're newer to an area oftentimes uh not all the time but on the average and so you don't always have the same access to like you know, help that you need. Like if you're willing to trade money to get some of your time back, right? To to handle some of these like really painful inside the, the home things, um, you know, you don't always have a great option there. And then the traditional housekeeping model, right? They want to sell you a $120 cleaning. Uh, and that's not always what you want. Like sometimes you just want to get your clothes folded like me. Like, I'm like the kid, you know, whose mom is like, you know, go fold your clothes. Right. And I'm like, I'm never going to fold my clothes. I'm going to start a business one day. So I never have to fold my clothes again. Like, that's kind of what Spruce does. Because if a housekeeper's already in the building, why can't they just pop into your unit and fold your clothes for 20 minutes? Like, and that's what we do. We call it chores, right? It's just like a fractional offering that's only really possible because we're already in the building. So. I was looking at a pile of clothes that I had from the laundry the other day, and I didn't know that you guys offered this service that you're talking about. I didn't know that you offered uh, clothes clothes folding, but I knew I had a service coming up. I knew I have this, you know, this cleaning coming up next week. And I actually thought to myself, I was like, I wonder if they'll just fold all my clothes for me. Like, I wonder if like where the services end, like basically all that I can ask from Spruce, uh, all the offerings. I, I, I'd love to talk about, the other side of the marketplace and and the value prop that you offer. We talked a little bit about you know the fact that you, they can get more jobs done in a highly efficient way. But I guess what was the process like of bringing on those services companies? Did you did you go after gig workers? Did you go after already established small businesses in these cities? How did you kind of get the other side on? Yeah, this was this was something that we spent a lot of time thinking about and experimenting with in the early days, and. You know, I, I mentioned a few minutes ago that I was fixated by marketplaces. And, you know, around the time that we were starting Spruce, we'd, we'd really seen like the, you know, the 2015 era, right? The Uber for everything model was all the rage, right? The, the gig worker business model is what everybody was using. And it was working in some sectors and it was completely failing in others. And, you know, won't name names here, but there are a number of companies that tried to be Uber for housekeeping and just completely failed. Uh, and that's because inside the home, there's a higher bar for quality uh, and a higher bar for trust. And housekeeping is actually a really, really difficult industry to operate. I mean, across the board, it has extremely high complaint rates, uh, high variability of job times, right? Which make predicting just a single worker's day nearly impossible without uh, without some of the things that Spruce is doing, like bring in new proprietary data sources and in real time help manage the day all the way through. And so if we were, if we were not going to do a gig economy model inside the home, you know, we, we, we broadened the search and we started to look at, well, who actually is doing the best job inside the home right now? And if you look at the, at the entire universe of who's doing housekeeping services today, right, you've got large, archaic franchise business models. Um, you've got a bunch of independents. And then you've got, in every city in the country, these local mom and pop, small and medium-sized businesses 
that are doing a really great job of, of running like a housekeeping business or a dog walking business or a dry cleaning company. And these are companies though, that have been sort of left behind by the gig economy model, right? Like the gig economy model is a little bit disenfranchising to the worker. Um, but they have specific challenges that really prohibit them from growing beyond a certain scale. Um, and those challenges are not just, it's not just single fold, it's uh, multifaceted inside their company. So they're acquiring their business through, you know, a lot of the modern lead gen platforms like Home Advisor, Thumbtack, Angie's List, Yelp. And those platforms, while they are doing a good job of bringing business to these companies, they, they exacerbate sprawl around the city. Uh, and they're quite expensive to these local companies. And then there's the other aspect, and frankly, we face this too. And, and, and so this is who we work with. We, we work with the local mom and pops, right? There's no gig economy workers on the platform. When you order a housekeeping service, you're getting a professional housekeeper who has been cleaning houses or apartments for years at this point. And, um, and we would, so our value proposition to the housekeeping companies is we can fill your whole day in a single building. We can give you six jobs in a single building. Um, and before, you know, you could only do two to three jobs and now you can, you can earn twice as much money and Spruce takes a cut for doing that. But early on, we would, we would bring six jobs in a single building to our partners and they would send three people to go do those jobs. And we were like, what are you doing? Like, we're serving this up to you on a silver platter and you're, you're, you know, you're ruining it. So early on out of necessity, we started building workflow management tools for our partners um, just because we realized that the, the, the problems that they were facing on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, when things didn't go right in their day or they hit traffic or this cleaning took an hour longer than it should have, um, they were not equipped to handle those things. And, uh, and Spruce could, right? We have proprietary data sources that help them break their day down by the minute. And we can tell them early on when somebody's going to run behind. And it's because we know, because we partner with the property, we know that this resident has two cats and we need to add 15%. Uh, we know what type of floors you have and your unit. And you might not know this, but like cheap laminate floors take about 12 minutes longer to clean than a hardwood floor. And it's these like subtle nuances, but you add them up and it's five minutes here, six minutes there, 12 minutes there. And next thing you know, you can get an extra job in during the day. Now, there are things that these companies are better at than Spruce and better at than we could ever hope to be. Um, one of those things is how they recruit, train, and hold their workforce accountable. Uh, and I'll just say like, if Spruce put up a job posting today for a housekeeper, we would get exactly zero hits, like zero. Um, and housekeeping, housekeeping is a, a hard industry to work in, but it's also a well-paying industry. I mean, the, the average housekeeper on the Spruce platform is making over $18 an hour and, uh, you know, it's a livable wage. Um, so when you look at the, uh, at the companies that we operate and or that we, that we partner with and where their workforce is coming from, you know, it, it is a lot of first and second generation immigrants. Um, and when you look at the business, like the business owners fall into that category too. And they're recruiting from their communities, uh, from their neighborhoods, like they recruit their cousins from their church group, from their, from their neighborhood, from their kids' school. And they have a way of holding people accountable that we could never do, right? Like, their way of holding people accountable is you better show up tomorrow and do a good job or I'm going to call your mom. 
And, and that's just like, that's different than we bring to the table. And so Spruce taps into that and we empower these local entrepreneurs and they do things that we could never do. And then we take things off their plate. Like they hate doing customer service and they're really bad at it. They're like, they're like atrociously bad at customer service. Um, so we centralize that. And when you, you reach out, you reach out to Spruce, you're getting, you know, Spruce customer service. So it's, it's an evolution on the marketplace. But it's also an evolution on kind of how franchise models work as well. And this innovative model has helped us, you know, win in a sector that previously has remained undisrupted by marketplaces and, and still very fragmented to this day. Yeah, I mean, is that because I'm so curious about the models that have been employed in the past, as we talked about, we're usually gig economy models. I mean, is there a reason you think that no one to date has tried this particular model you guys have or had success? Um, like, why do you think now is was the right moment in time for a model like this and a business like this to really take off and to, and to really, you know, uh, connect with users on both sides of the platform? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, well, there are a lot of dynamics at play here. So first of all, technology had to get to a certain point where uh, we were able to just bring these tools cost effectively uh, to our partner companies. And the way they run their business has evolved somewhat, right? They're now relying more on, on lead gen tools out there in the market, like, like I said, Thumbtack, HomeAdvisor, Yelp, Angie's List, um, than they were previously. And so, you know, I think it's, it's very much a market dynamics approach. Um, so, and, and then there's the other aspect here, which is, you know, the multi, like we, we partner closely with the apartment industry and right now Spruce is exclusively multifamily focused. Although the future vision here is we're going to bring our services to all homes. And, um, and that industry also had to evolve to a point where they were ready to bring these services to their residents. They were willing to commit um, to, you know, to what it takes to make successful because Spruce can't just build density in our consumer demand without this very close partnership. And so there were a lot of factors that needed to happen really outside of our control for our model to work. And my understanding too, is that there's a ton of now enterprise software solutions for the multifamily industry, you know, Entrada, RealPage, Yardi. Um, did, did the advent and the, you know, sort of the mass utilization of software from a lot of these legacy players, did that kind of open the doors for you guys as well? And then have you made, you know, partnerships with them, you know, those software players, like what's the relationship with them? Yeah, well, prop tech, you know, is all the rage right now, you know, proper, like, yeah, the the 20 years ago it was FenTech, now it's PropTech, right? And and PropTech is just you know software and solutions for anything real estate related or anything in the real world, right? And Spruce is very much in the PropTech vein, right? And so you know the, the companies you mentioned, RealPage, Yardi, Entrada, they've been around for a while, some of them longer than others. And they're the core property management softwares. And uh, they've evolved with the industry to really take on a lot of different pain points for them. But with this explosion in PropTech, you've seen a number of complementary verticals to what Spruce is that have been focused on the resident experience and really taking what used to be four walls and some appliances and turning that into a cohesive experience. And those are some of the resident front ends, right? 
um, like mobile apps that are that sort of layer on top of the traditional core property management softwares and do things like message boards and maintenance requests and rent payment and communication with the property staff. But then there's the whole world of digital access and smart home, right? That's important too, um, because you know if a property has smart locks, it's a lot easier and more seamless for Spruce to get access to the building. Uh, when I was last looking for an apartment, you know the things I cared most about were: does it have fiber internet to the to the hub? Right, it has to have super fast internet because I'm on Zoom calls all day, um, and can my meal delivery get all the way to my door without me having to go down and pick it up? Because I'm like, I'm food delivery, like, you know, eight to eight times a week at least. So uh, those are like the two biggest things. And those are trivial things, but how many apartments do you have to like go down and meet the person at the street? That, that's like the commonplace, but that's how I picked where I lived. And those things are super, well, also, was it a spruce building or not? Like, because uh, I have to get my, my clothes folded, but that was a given, so. <laughs> You mentioned spruce buildings, and this is a question that maybe listeners might have as they're, you know, listening to us talk about the product. But can any apartment multifamily, you know, right now, are you guys live in only certain buildings? Let's say for Chicago, for example, um, what's that sort of um, strategy look like in terms of where you're live right now? Yeah. Yeah. So right now, um, unless you have like the luxury, like I do, of I, I get spruce in my single family home, right? I'm one of the few, but right now you have to live in a spruce powered building in order to utilize the services. Um, and that's gonna change over the next year. And so we, we were gonna open it, or we are going to open the platform up so that you can book spruce it, as long as you're in one of our service areas. And today we're in 15 markets um, across nine states. And if, uh, so if you live in a spruce powered building, you can book services seamlessly. If you don't right now, you can't, but within a year, you'll be able to, if you live in one of our markets. When you were first building out your markets, when you were first trying to scale, did you approach, was it kind of a top-down approach, I would imagine? So you're approaching the gray stars, the pinnacles, the larger property management companies located throughout the U.S. and then trying to sort of, you know, use them to get into buildings or what did that approach look like? Was it more bottoms up? Yeah. So there's what I did and then there's the right way to do it. So, which are not always the, the same thing. Um, and, and I don't want to say what I did was wrong because it was super effective, but yeah, what, when I was starting out, I actually, you know, put the product together before I quit my day job. And so I, I was like leaving at lunch to go do sales meetings around Houston uh, with, with my, with my like, you know, mobile app that, that we had built for or a couple thousand dollars, right? Um, so I actually, the first property I ever went back to was the, the property from my story, the one where I lived and went to the dog park. And it's literally the first property I went back to and they said, yes. Um, and then, you know, the next week I got three more. And the week after that, I got three more and we got up to 15 properties. And I said, I said, I'm gonna have to quit my job or this, this thing's gonna fall apart. So, um, so it was door to door basically at the beginning and properties were saying, yes, um, it was, we really caught, like I said, we, we caught a theme that they were super interested in and that was not the right way to ultimately grow the business. I mean, I, I grew the, pro the, the platforms about 150 properties online in the first 18 months. And that's when we brought in a professional salesperson or, or three and, um, and we started 
lining up national agreements with the largest property management companies in the country. And, and you know, Graystar and Lincoln, they're the two biggest, uh, they're the behemoths in the space. And we were working with them in, within the first few months of the company on a regional level. And it then took about three years to convert those into national deals with national rollouts. Uh, and from that point on, you know, it's, it's gone faster, right? We had more properties in a month now than I added in the first 18 months of, of the business, uh, which is, which is nuts. And it's going to, and it's accelerating still. So yeah, now it is fueled by national agreements and rollouts within those agreements. Um, but then there's this long tail and multifamily as well. And we're going to have to think about innovative strategies to reach the half or 50% or so of the industry where, um, you know, you don't have traditional property managers uh, operating in the building. So, well, I'd love to touch on some recent news uh, for you guys. Um, recently acquired the Mint. Um, would love it if you could, you know, walk listeners through what the Mint is and the value prop you saw uh, throughout that acquisition. Yeah. So the Mint is a similar company to Spruce, you know, very focused on apartments in the Chicago area. Um, they were only housekeeping as opposed to Spruce, which is multiple service verticals. And, um, and they had built a great business with premier property management companies, some of which we worked with, some of which we didn't yet work with. Um, and they just built a great brand as well. And we're providing high quality service to their customers. They had a slightly different business model. They hired their own housekeepers instead of partnering with other businesses. And um, that had its own set of challenges for them. I think you know, there's a reason why you don't see large housekeeping companies with large W-2 workforces. It just doesn't scale tremendously well and you can run into those accountability issues. Um, but ultimately it was a match made in heaven for us. So we built a lot of the tech to support operations at a larger scale. Um, they brought in some premier property relationships and, and a brand to go with it and a customer base that was fiercely loyal to what they built. Um, plus we weren't in the Chicago market yet. And it was a great foray for us to get to Chicago. Um, you know, I went to grad school there. It's a city that I love and was very happy to go back. What's some advice you might give? I mean, it's not every day I talk to, you know, Series A founder who's already gone through kind of a, an acquisition uh, in, in such an additive way. Um, any advice you'd give founders who, who are considering maybe, you know, adding on, bolting on another company that's, you know, there's a high degree of synergies, but again, you're in such a capitally constrained uh, position in the first place and you're thinking about scaling, you're thinking about fundraising for that next round. Any kind of large piece of advice you might give for people in the same shoes? Yeah, be really careful. Um, be really, really careful. Um, integrating a company is a beast of a project. And it doesn't matter how small and how simple you think the integration is going to be. It's going to involve more people than you expect. It's going to cost more money than you expect. And it's going to take longer than you expect. So it needs to make a lot of sense. There are times when it makes a ton of sense, right? Um, but but go into it eyes wide open, knowing what you're getting into. Make sure you've got time to do it. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. Like their margins were different than our margins, right? And um, 
And that's going to impact your bottom line. And so you have to like, you have to really understand what effect it's going to have on your business and how are you going to mitigate that? How are you going to explain it to your investors? So just be careful. Okay, very dumb question here, but uh, my experience with M&A, all my roommates from college, investment bankers working on the M&A teams, does a startup like yourself, do you hire an investment banker? Do you work with the VCs who own the company? I mean, how does the logistics actually work at such an early stage acquisition? Yeah, you know, in in our case, there was not an investment bank involved. Um, Did you you lean on your uh, M&A class at Booth? Well, yes, it does help that I come from a finance background. Um, and then another like little plug here for the for the founders out there is that it really helps if you can get comfortable with the legal side of things. Um, that's something that I think is a must for founders because you can't lean on your outside counsel for everything. It doesn't make sense. And, and yes, I mean there are times when you know it does make sense, right? Acquisitions and funding rounds it makes sense. But play an active role with your counsel. Um, bring you know, bring your strategy to the table there, and really make like don't don't be intimidated by legal docs. Um, learn to read them. So so that's that's a plug that I'll have for founders out there. Love that. Love that. Um, yeah, I think legal docs can be some of the most intimidating things in the world, but uh, but I think it's it's so true. I think there is so much value, even you know, from the VC perspective. You know, same thing. Getting more getting more immersed into the term sheets and getting more immersed into the legal doc side uh, is actually makes you just that much more valuable in the end. Um, I, I'd love to talk about kind of the roadmap uh, for Spruce. We talked a little bit about, you know, your, your near-term plans and, and, you know, um, moving to, you know, non-multi-residential, um, non-multi-family residential uh, spots, but what's kind of the six to 12 month uh, and then long-term vision behind Spruce? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I think that, you know, six, 12, 18 month vision behind Spruce is that, you know, we're going to be in every apartment community in the country. Um, I you know, it, I think it makes sense. I mean, we're able to create so much extra value that the benefit to the residents is super, or, or the benefit to the resident is super compelling. Um, they're able to get the services more efficiently and more affordably than they otherwise would. And it's a seamless experience, you know, in their building. And so it's just a no brainer from, from that aspect. Um, the thing is, what we've had to build over the years to support our the our partners, our service providers and the market. It's really become maybe the best workflow management tool that exists for a housekeeping company that you actually can't buy today. And so continuing to double down there and help the entrepreneurs that are today running their business on our platform and tomorrow potentially all entrepreneurs um, by giving them better insights into their business, helping them drive more efficiency. I mean, you know a crazy fact, like if before Spruce, a housekeeper that works eight hours in a day, they're only cleaning, generating revenue, like three to three and a half hours of that time. The rest of the time is completely wasted. And you as the consumer, you're paying for that time. So for every for every you know minute that is spent cleaning, you're paying for another minute that's spent driving around and parking, and you know we can get rid of that, like n- maybe not all the way, but ninety percent of it, and uh, and that's the goal, and we want to do that 
uh, for every housekeeping company across the country. And we've got, uh, I think we've got a real competitive advantage to be able to do that. Um, and, and so that's a big part of our roadmap going forward. Ben, I want to thank you so much for hopping on Chicago Capital. This has been such a blast. As I said, huge fan of the company, uh, you know, current customer, and uh, just so excited. I actually did. I had one more question. You know, when I loaded up Spruce, uh, the, the 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 branding and the messaging is effectively hotel style turndowns. You know, at at your convenience in your apartment. In my mind, as a consumer, I I, I read that, and it immediately I had this sort of um, this feeling of I love hotel turndowns. I like a, a good turn turndown at a five star hotel. Immediately, I had this sort of I could already feel that brand power. Uh, I could already feel sort of the messaging. Immediately, have a kind of an emotional uh, response. Is was that intentional behind sort of how the messaging and, and the branding was that was that the goal that I was supposed to feel? Well, yes, but I'm not a branding expert by any stretch. Um, but absolutely, I mean there you're right like it is it's you know hotels for many years have been focused on creating an experience right it's not new in that industry whereas in multifamily it is kind of new thinking about the experience and being able to channel that hotel experience like people have really come to love over the years but do it in a way that is accessible and affordable and convenient for everybody. I mean, who doesn't want that in their home? Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. Uh, I completely agree. Also, shout out to to your dog in the corner who's just been you know, such a great trooper during the whole interview. I <laughs> haven't heard him bark once. I was gonna if he was gonna bark, I was gonna ask him to come on the show, but he's just been snoozing over there. <laughs> That's blue. He's uh he's the spruce mascot. So Let's go. All right. Love it. Love it. Ben, thank you so much for hopping on Chicago Capital. Really, really appreciate it. Can't wait to have you on again in the future for the next major news announcement. Thanks, Matt. Take care.